0: All right, Tennessee Titans fans, welcome to this all-new podcast. My name is Asher Aradi and I'm joined by Tyler Whipple. We're thrilled to bring you an all-new, thought-provoking podcast that talks all things Tennessee Titans. Tighten up. As I said before, I'm joined by my good friend Tyler Whipple here, and, uh, you know, this is going to be a regular, regular podcast. It's going to be me and him, and we might get some guests in here. But first, uh, let me, let me uh, introduce Tyler here. And uh, Tyler, let's start off, um, you know, how long you been a titans fan man
1: yeah man um i've been a titans fan since i can remember uh i vaguely remember um the 99 circle because i was i was born in 95 so i was only four years old but i do remember my dad breaking down <laughs> on that last play like you just see the life sucked out of you man and I, i've been just and my dad brought me up as a, an avid Tennessee fan. You know, I'm from North Alabama, and everybody always asks me, how are you such a big Tennessee sports fan? It's because of my dad. and um, They're from about an hour from Nashville. So I've got some strong roots up there, man. I love this team. And, um, yeah, I've been a fan since,
0: since I can remember. Absolutely, man. I feel that 100%. So what was your favorite memory? Or what is your favorite memory of this beautiful Tennessee Titans team? This franchise has been through a lot of up and downs.
1: And um, we may have been on the best up in the last 15, 20 years. I mean, we've only been around for 20 years, but this this may be the best roster of players we've had. I want to go back and say when we started off 10-0 and 0 with Kerry Collins – uh, I was so Ooh. hyped about that team, man. The Chris Johnson and the Lindell White, the Smash and Dash. I want to say that, but uh, my favorite Titans memory has to be the pick six to finish Tom Brady's career from Logan Ryan. I don't know if I've ever been more ecstatic at a time to be a fan of any team. And the, My Braves just won the World Series, but that wild card game against the Patriots, the, finish, the kill we killed the Patriots' dynasty. We absolutely, the Tennessee Titans killed the Patriots' dynasty. That has to be that has to be my favorite memory.
0: That's a damn good one. Ah, oh, man, what a time. Uh, all right, all right. Um, favorite Titans player of all time?
1: You know, this is a really tough one. Um, we was talking about the segment what we was going to do, like, I don't know, five minutes ago that we, we came up with this idea. And I really didn't put a lot of thought of it into it then, <laughs> but you know I hate to I hate to have the recency biased because we've had so many good players in this franchise, and they've been they've had to put up a lot of ineptitude and a lot of chaos. But um, my favorite Tennessee Titans player, and this might sound you know I don't know uh, basic, but it's gonna be it's gonna be Derrick Henry, you know. He's changed this franchise. He's the hardest worker on uh, the team. He, um, you know, he. I think we take him for granted a lot for the last two or three years. Now seeing him without this, Titan, this team, without him, it just doesn't feel right, you know, at times. But I mean, I'm still a Dower Titans fan. But Derrick Henry, the best running back of his generation, has to been my favorite player.
0: Man, that is, yeah, that's some good stuff right there.
1: Well, um, actually, <laughs> enough about me, though, bud. Um, let's get into you. You um, you're you're based out
0: of North Alabama as well, right? So yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, went to Sheffield High School. Um, probably you know I I've, I've been a Titans fan ever since, really. So growing up in in North Alabama, and you know how it is it's it's all Alabama Auburn all the time and all of that nonsense. And you know we when we moved to North Alabama from Greenville, North Carolina. Um, I didn't – we didn't really – my dad didn't even really watch pro football. It was all Texas Longhorns because, you know, that's where my whole family's from and all of that. And, you know, we he would throw on the Titans games every now and then, but it wasn't really around the house. And, you know, got about to the time where, you know, I started wearing Titans hats and all that. I'm a big hat guy. I I always wear a ball cap everywhere I go. Uh, But But, man, ever since really, when it really, really, really took off was – when Vince Young was drafted to the Tennessee Titans. Yeah. yeah. makes uh, sense. But, yeah. I mean, it just – it tied everything in there. We started going to a, just absolute crap ton of games. I mean, I remember one of my happiest, you know, leading into the, you know, favorite memories of the team. Uh, this is team-related, but my favorite memory, like, growing up watching the team was when uh, one year for Hanukkah, Most For those that you don't know, uh, I'm Jewish. Uh, Not a lot of Jewish people in northern Alabama, but I am one of them. Uh, So we went to Nashville for a Titans game for one of the eight nights of Hanukkah, and we stopped at this restaurant, and they actually had matzo ball soup, which is a Jewish dish, and it's incredible, by the way. Um, Go try some. Shout out to the Jews. Um, So (laughs) we went to a Titans-Rams game, and we were sitting in the end zone, and Chris Johnson took a screen pass, and this is when he was – Uh, when he broke the all-purpose yards record and he took this screen pass and i'm telling you he shot out of a cannon directly at us like took it up there and right where we were sitting and it was incredible Um, but it was it was awesome
1: okay you've uh, you've already answered your your how long you've been and and would you classify that as your favorite
0: my favorite memory is when Vince Young did the game-winning touchdown pass to Kenny
1: Britt against the Cardinals. Beautiful two-minute drive from the one-yard line. I think it was
0: ninety-nine yards. Beautiful. Our power went out in our house, so we got all got in the car and started listening to the game on Mike Keith
1: oh, on, on the radio. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, that was a that's a great one. Um, that, you throw that that Texas Longhorn uh, Vince Young stuff in there too with that. That's good. Um, yeah. Okay, so you've answered that. That's been a great memories, and you've been there. I mean, Vy was there. What he got drafted in what? Oh six. 6 5? Favorite,
0: 15. favorite. My favorite Titan of all time is Michael Griffin. Man, I mean, he was a part of that elite Tennessee Titans defense with Cortland Finnegan, and that's oh god, that secondary was just incredible. Two all pros. Um, yeah, exactly, exactly. And man, that was a that was a heck of a time to be, you know, a Tennessee Titans fan. He um, actually have one of his gloves. He threw it to us after a game. It was actually – really. he had some big hands, man. Oh, yeah, I,
1: I can imagine. He was, was a big dude. He's a big range safety. Yeah. Michael Griffin, you know, um, the, he, he did tear it off. I mean, him and Vince Sean kind of had the same career, in my opinion. Michael Griffin played a little better. But they, they both was pretty elite there for a few years and then kind of just tapered off. But, yeah. yeah. Is a really good Titan. You know, he was all, one and only Titan. He never got signed with anybody else, I don't believe.
0: I think he bounced to Carolina for a minute, but then he just quit. I think he retired. But yeah, he was he was great. I mean, they didn't resign, they didn't renew his contract, and then he went and, you know, just signed with Carolina. And that Woodrun that broke my heart when they didn't resign him. I was so frustrated.
1: Yeah, that was a tough time. That that, that was kind of the demise of that team, too, when started, some of those players started leaving. But, yeah,
0: exactly. When Jeff Fisher left, you know that you know kind a lot of people, a lot of the players love Jeff Fisher.
1: Mike I mean. Munchak.
0: Ugh. Yeah. Oh God. We so <laughs> many mics.
1: Yeah. We but we, we finally the third time's a charm. So that's
0: right. God, we got a good one now.
1: Now the intros are over, uh, and you know a little more about me and Asher. Um, let's talk about that absolute beatdown in Los Angeles. In quote-unquote Rams, ha- a little more like the Titans' house to me. What do you think, actually?
0: I mean, I'm telling you, we went in there and we just hit them in the mouth. It looked like a Tyson uppercut the way our defense played. I mean, they made them look like – I mean, golly, Jeffrey Simmons, man. Ken- Jeff Simmons. Big it's Jeff animal. is a monster. I, it, it, I guess, dude, the thing that the thing that just blows my mind, you know, from even just from a short time ago from last year – is our defense's ability to consistently get pressure with the four-man base. Right. Um, that last year, it wasn't a complete
1: weakness on this team. And this year, it's turned into our, probably our biggest strength
0: on the whole, entire football team. I, I think without a doubt, it is. I mean, I like to call, it, you know, that, that four, I mean, those four Music City monsters, I like to call them, of the, you know, Bud Dupree, Jeffrey Simmons, Harold Landry. And how about Danico Autry? What a signing from J-Rock.
1: Yeah, it was the most underrated signing, maybe of the whole offseason. I know a lot of D line don't get a lot of um, national attention to players. Um, however, Danico Autry has made a complete impact on this team because you can't double team Harold Landry anymore. You can't double team Jeffrey Simmons. And, you know, another signing that a lot of people wasn't happy with because of the production of, but Bud Dupree is a kind of guy that you want on your roster. You know, he, he makes everybody around him better, he plays hard. And um, you can see that on the field
0: now. I mean, I, I I could not agree more with you. I mean, and the the crazy thing about Bud Dupree is he tore his ACL not even a full year ago. I mean, he, he's just getting back better and better, the healthier and healthier he gets. It's just, and we're seeing it. we're seeing it happen right before us. It's 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 really, really just you know, kind of just so aesthetically pleasing to see this defense gelling at Beautiful. the right time. It's it's incredible. And we want to keep giving credit to this
1: D-line, you know. Um, it really helps the back four. And when Kevin Boward doesn't have to have all the pressure of – he can just play ball, you know, he can just use his instincts to go get the ball because he don't have to worry about, you know, having to cover seconds like he had to last year. He is the best safety in the league, and there's nobody that can tell me any different on that.
0: It's, it's hands down. He, it's, it's, it's night and day. He, he is just overall – by far the best safety in the league, and and I think you know everybody gives all of this this hype on on, uh, on you know Jamal Adams. Jamal Adams is a complete liability in coverage.
1: Complete he's liability. Linebacker. he's a linebacker playing safety. We all, you know we
0: all know that. Yeah, and then I guess maybe it would be Minka Fitzpatrick second. I mean that, but Bayard is just it's it's his it's his to lose. But Minka
1: is more safety right. Uh, he's going to be in the the in the run game more anyway. Like, Jamal Adams is the same, but neither one of those have the ball skills that KB does, the mayor of Murfreesboro. The play, the the pick six he had on Matt Stafford may have been the best defensive play of the entire season. Like, he wasn't – he's was supposed to be playing that buzz coverage, which they play in the, the middle uh, – in the hash there, you know, five to ten yards down the field. And he just read Stafford's eyes all the way, went over there, shot the gap, picked it off, almost dropped it. Did you see the catch?
0: Yeah, Yeah. it was a hands catch. It was all hands. It was incredible.
1: And it was just a beautiful thing, and you love to see it. I love to see my Titans get back to the old school ways, the two-tone blue. You know, we've always been defense first in Nashville, and it's kind of changed here since J-Rob's been here, but that's how the NFL's gone. But it's been a beautiful thing to see our defense dominate and taking care of games for us.
0: Absolutely. I mean, what do you think? Do you think, uh, you know, from, from last year, obviously, you know, the the defensive play caller duties were, you know, kept in the shadows from Vrabel for a long time. He wouldn't name a, a coordinator. Do you think this year, you know, coming out there and naming one and then bringing in Jim Schwartz, you know, the impact he's having on Bowen, do you think that's playing uh, an integral role in this transformative defense that we're seeing this year?
1: Absolutely. Um, that's We just talk about those old school defenses. Like, you know, we remember – the Kyle oh, Boshes and the Albert Haynesworth, Keith Bull, Mr. Monday Night himself, um, Mario, Jim Schwartz was the defensive coordinator over them teams, and people forget how really dominating they were at that time. And uh, you can see, you can see it's on there because we always rush. Jim Schwartz is a rush for guy; he always has been, and he knows how to coach up the D line, obviously. So because you can see it on the field today and back then, and uh, it, you could know it's made a huge impact. And thank God. Mike Vrabel quit that because he has never been a really good defensive coordinator. If you just look at his um, Texans days and his Ohio State days, he's a CEO and he's really good at hiring the right. And he's done a good job this year with that. I think.
0: I agree. I could not agree. I think Vrabel needs to. You know, I was a big proponent and a believer of, of Vrabel taking a step back and then hiring. You know, delegating some some duties instead of trying to do too much. You know, I feel like a lot of coaches get stuck in this position where they feel like they have to have a hand in every single cookie jar, whereas opposed, you know, you're not supposed to be so spread thin. You're supposed to be the guy that notices something on that field that you don't like. And then you go and you make an adjustment. I mean, look, look at, look at the coaches around the NFL. They're the best at this. I mean, you got Mike Tomlin's never had a losing record because of, you know, just the way he coaches identifying uh-huh. a culture of that team. And then you look at, you know, even Belichick, my God, that guy is a monster. I mean, he, he's just completely changed the way the game has been played I mean even you know everybody likes to hate the Patriots because it's easy to hate the Patriots but you, you gotta throw respect on Belichick I mean the way he was able to just transform the NFL even going back to his days with the Giants I mean with Lawrence Taylor and everything he's seen it's hard hard for them you know hard for those coaches to not be able to identify something and not know when to change it. And I think Vrabel is now getting to that point to where he is almost in that category.
1: D, absolutely. He's a man, just like Belichick is. You know, everybody has their own accountabilities in the locker room. And you can see that. Every guy on this defense, and offense as well, are just absolute dogs. You hear the expression, this team's going to take the personality of their head coach. And the Titans have absolutely done that this year. They're just – dogs you know i i know we i texted you the other day before the game and told you i got i wouldn't be surprised if titan just go beat the hell out of them and what happened
0: you know i mean it's truly incredible to see you know i mean just going off on all of the injuries that we've had vrabel has instilled an identity in this team and they have clearly all bought in of next man up, next man up, and you know, uh, don't get me wrong, Bobby Hart he is probably an incredible football player. He's been way better football player than I I, mean, I, I than anybody I know could ever be. But that the way that he was able to step up and fill in on literally a game, like thirty minutes notice for Taylor Luan, you know, didn't play. Whole, I mean, he played bad. Don't get me wrong, but he's a third string defensive right. tackle, uh, offensive right. tackle. You know, I mean, you can't really expect too much. But you didn't hear any complaining from the offense. You didn't see anybody get mad at him. You didn't see any of that. They trust in each other, and they go out there and make plays.
1: Yeah, Asher was talking um, about the Titans and the uh, the national love they're getting. You know, I really don't like uh, when the Titans get a lot of love because they typically play down to their competition when they. Um, I mean, it's not. I don't think it's really a culture, and it might be just the NFL in general because you see it every week. Like the the Bills getting upset by the Jags this week, the Cowboys getting thumped by the Broncos. Um, I got a feeling this game upcoming. I think we're gonna win it, but it could be the classic trap game. What do you think?
0: I, I agree with you. See, I, I'm torn between the national love because, you know, I'll get on Twitter and I'll just see everybody, you know, all the, you know, bots and, you know, you know, just the basement dwellers of everybody saying the Titans aren't a good team. They're they're a fake contender and yada, yada, yada. And I feel like our players look at that and, you know, it gives them that extra motivation. And then, you know, they go on a roll and they beat a couple of teams they're not supposed to beat. And then they play down to a team like the Jets. We saw it this year. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that, that loss may – come back and haunt us in the hunt for the number one seed in that first round by in the playoffs. But, you know, I also like it when, you know, you know, Nashville is a small market when it comes to NFL team wise. And I feel like the Titans, you know, they, they know that. And for a while that was so hard for us to get, you know, big free agent signings and attract people there. But now I feel like the culture has kind of lined up to where we can't be denied anymore. We just went through a Herculean trial of teams when we came out. I mean, we're six and zero against playoff teams from last year. What more, how much more can you deny the Titans, the credit they truly deserve? You know, that's the question I kind of get to. And in my head, I start to get a little bit angry because, you know, some of these websites and all these other, uh, you know, just sports betting and all that. I don't, I don't partake in it. Part partially because it's illegal in Alabama and two because gambling is just something I don't do. I don't have the money for it. Um, but, some of them have the Titans listed as underdogs and, you know, Trevor Simeon couldn't even make the active roster on the Titans. He was on our practice squad. Now he's starting over there in in new Orleans. Uh, I just don't, I don't buy into it. I don't know where or who is involved with creating this national media attention for these teams, but good Lord. How many more times do you have to see Jackson Mahomes do some dumb TikTok dance before I can see Jeffrey Simmons sack Matthew Stafford three times and force a pick. Oh, should have been a safety, right. but you know, it's 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 frustrating, but they kind of bring it on themselves too. Is what I'm well, kind of getting at.
1: Sure, they do they do the playing down to a, the competition a lot. Um, you 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 brought up a good point about the six and o. I sent a stat today. Um, I can't really I don't want to go through what it was, but it was something on the verge of if the Titans beat the Saints tomorrow Sunday, they'll be the one the second team since the merger to go seven and o against playoff teams from the prior year. And the last team that done that, of course, went on to win Lombardi. So, I don't, I'm don't. i not really um, – what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, I can't think of the word I'm looking for here.
0: Foreshadowing?
1: Uh, foreshadowing maybe, but um, I'm not superstitious. Okay, there you go. But if we win this game, I like that voodoo. I really do. You know, we could be the next team to beat all these playoffs teams from the prior year and go on. To LA again, you know, horse race somebody over there and that would be-
0: <laughs> Absolutely. I I mean I like it. It's it's a really fun stat. It's a fun time to be a Titans fan. And that that's one of the reasons like that's what that drives me
1: insane. Like, how aren't we getting this national media? Okay, if you would have put Josh Allen and the Bills on the same schedule and they went off and beat all these teams, every national media channel, radio station, show would, all the talking heads would be talking about how the Bills are this, that, and this, that, and this, that. And there's still people out there who have the Titans, not even the top five of the AFC, which blows my mind.
0: Uh, yeah, it, it's frustrating for sure. And, again, I think that goes back to, you know, small market. I mean, we're a small market team. And, you know, I think we're doing enough right now to where – they can't deny us anymore. Like, I mean, they, they just can't. You can't. I mean, two years in a row, Buffalo's come to Nashville and gotten just absolutely punched in the mouth. Right, right.
1: Now that we're done talking about the hype and whatnot um, of the national media, which really doesn't matter, of course, in the grand scheme of things. But um, let's move on to some roster news. Um, this week, we've had three different transactions from J-Rob. That's pretty eyebrow-raising. Um, Josh Reynolds was cut. Um, scratch a few times this year, but that's one of the. I don't, you know, that's one of the most confusing signings we've had. I really thought he was going to be our slot guy, and I really thought he was going to contribute to this team. And um I really, what I really think the cutting comes down to is he. You know, he was mad that he was a healthy scratch against his former team. Uh, Hear your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, I, the Josh Reynolds signing was was one that you know I kind of scratched my head on. I think what was going on when we signed him was the thought process that, you know, we weren't really in the hunt for the Julio Jones trade. And I, I feel, I feel like, you know, once those talks started heating up, I feel like Josh kind of knew, okay, I'm not going to be the number two. Um, I'd be lucky to get slot. And also you got to give credit to Westbrook Aquina and, you know, exactly. Marcus Johnson, I mean, they came out there and they fought tooth and nail for that spot. And, you know, he got beat out. He did. I mean, sure. he got beat out. He got outplayed. And, you know, we signed him to be a wide receiver three and he ended up performing like a wide receiver six or seven. Okay. I mean, it's so Chester you- Rogers, too. Chester Rogers beat him out for a role. He came, I mean, Josh Reynolds doesn't play special teams. He doesn't, he, you know, he's not a wide receiver one. He's not, you know, a viable slot receiver, you know, and I, I don't know. I don't know. He came in banged up, then he got healthy, and then by that time, the I feel like his job was already taken. Yeah,
1: I mean, I mean, you made a lot of valid points, but a point I wanted to contribute to the show today was it just kind of blows my mind at this point at, at the ineptitude of the Detroit Lions. If you look at their one and two, they're going to try it out there this, this this weekend more than likely. Number one wide receiver is going to be Josh Reynolds. Number two. It's gonna be Khalif Raymond. Yeah,
0: is that wild to you? I tell you what, Jared Goff has got to be beside himself right now about how this this last probably six months has gone for him. I mean, one minute he's in he's in L.A., very fun place to be, and then the next moment he's in Detroit, one of the biggest hell holes in this country, and and he's he's got to throw the ball to Khalif Raymond, who you know last time I played the saints was knocked unconscious on one of the worst no calls. I think I've ever seen. Um, but yeah, that's Detroit Fans are tight in Detroit. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. If there are any, we love your fandom, but your
1: city kind of sucks. So, but you know that already.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a tough one. Tough one to be in for sure. But yeah, man, it's yeah. Yeah. That's gotta be a tough position to be a quarterback in.
1: Okay, so transition from Josh Reynolds, which we kind of seen that riding on the wall. He wasn't going to be there this season anyway. But um, we're going to go on to the the borders cutting and the Christian Fulton coming back. What do you think about that?
0: Um, yeah, God, the, the borders borders cut kind of skeptical of because I, I like to have a lot of depth at DB. You know, DB is is one of the most valuable positions, and he knows our system. I'm not saying he has to start or play meaningful reps, but it, you know he can come in and give you 10, 15 reps or, you know, 30 reps if, you know, a player goes down in a game. Um, but I think again, he got beat out by Chris Jackson who's been playing lights out.
1: Yeah, and yeah, he has. And the Titans have done a really good job of protecting their corners this year because they know Jack rabbit in what he was five years ago. You know, he played for the giants and Chris Jackson definitely isn't a premier starting corner in the league, but, um, with Christian Fulton coming back, we can maybe get back to more of the man coverage we normally play, which I don't think they should. No, it's the Saints here because you know their their wide receivers crew core isn't very good, so you could play man coverage against those and you'd uh, be okay. But the zone plays been really well, and, I, and what we talked about earlier with Kevin, he plays a lot better than zone, obviously. And, well, that, I think that's a lot of it. The borders being cut because. He can't play man coverage. And, you know, Vrabel and uh, his, the defensive crew there, they love
0: man coverage. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a great way to, you know, give yourself those safeties, that that free reigning. I'm not a big – I don't think we have – and this is no knock against, you know, the DBs on our team, our, our corners. Farley out right now. I mean, for this year. Uh, first of all, I'm a big believer in Caleb Farley. I think he's going to be a stud. I don't think we have the tools to play true man coverage across the board. I don't think the talent's there. With Jack, Jack Rabbits, you know, he's been, like you said, he's not in his prime anymore. He is a ball hawk still. But I like this cover three zone that we've been running because, you know, that gives you – it's a bend, don't break. And if you get one negative play, you can play that cover three zone. And I feel like that's a testament to the pressure. Our right. defensive front is right. getting. I, I'm a big guy. I want to stick to the cover three zone but uh that's
1: that's a little of the wrap up on the uh, the roster moves this week um like i said we want to say uh josh reynolds was cut and breon borders was sent back down to the practice squad which is a good thing so he's there anytime we got to snatch him and thankfully we got the best corner maybe in the afc south
0: coming back uh and christian fulton so... let's move forward to the saints pre- our little saints preview and prediction um here's what I see from this game I see this as a way for our offensive line if they're healthy to finally be tested against that front of New Orleans they are good up front their their DBs are solid but I think AJ can beat and get enough separation I think that the offensively we will wear them down um, again their their offense is just it's void of playmakers, especially if Kamara, who hasn't practiced two days in a row, can't go for the game. I think our defense is just going to feast uh, on Trevor Simeon. And, you know, I, I can name like maybe one guy, Cal- Mar- Marquez Callaway over there. Uh, now, again, not a, knock, not a knock to against those guys, but I, I, I see the Titans winning the game. It's going to be a defensive slugfest. I think the Titans make enough plays offensively to get the win. I think it's gonna be uh I'm gonna go 31 17 Titans.
1: Okay. Um yeah, I mean I agree with you a lot of points here. Um this isn't a this isn't a very good matchup for us though. Um this is that's what I was talking about earlier. It was the trap game here. It kind of feels like the Jets because the Saints have a very good front seven and the Jets did too. And we're with we're without uh, Derek Henry here, of course. I everybody knows, but um, they're the best run stopping defense in NFL for uh, carry here, and that's a big stat to me because uh, we really struggled to run the ball against the Rams. We only scored what? Um, we really only scored fourteen points on offense if he does if you don't count or um, who was it with the interception? Uh, Stanford. Dave-, Dave Long. Yeah. David Long, if he would have got in there, the Titans would only scored seven points um, on offense, and uh, and their run defense is a little better than the Rams, statistically speaking. So, um, if our our, if our running backs aren't ready and our offensive line isn't healthy, this is going to be a tough game for us. It's going to be a lot of Tannehill, and um, you know Tannehill's had the turnover bug this year, which concerns me, and a lot of that is his timer is off because of the the horrible was getting in the first few games this year, and you could tell it just threw him off a little. Um, it's I think we're going to have to really lean on uh, Julio Jones this week to get open, Anthony Fergster and the guys. And we talked about Julio being back on the injury report. It's kind of it, – it's not a good matchup for us. and um, But I think – I trust in Tannehill because uh, he may have some rough starts, but the guy has that clutch gene. He's going to nut up when it's time to nut up. You know, that's just what he does. Um, you can't teach it either. You just it's yes. not
0: something you can teach.
1: Hey, when, when the bright lights come on, the guy just makes it happen. I mean, every, he's, that's his most underrated characteristic. This team, and that, and that goes back to what we talked about earlier, the culture. But Ryan Tannehill, if, if we're going to have three minutes or two minutes down to go score and win the game, I feel like we're going to, you know, because our, I court expect it. Yeah, the, I,
0: ex- I expect it.
1: Right, and so and if we're going back to that. I really think it's going to be a low-scoring slugfest, and I'm going to go. Um, I'm going to go Titans, twenty-one, and I'm going to go Saints, thirteen. Uh, they're going to kick a couple field goals, and we're going to, you know, our defense is really good in the red zone this year. So I'm going to think that's going to be the difference. We're going to score touchdowns, and they're not. And uh, like I said, I was going to go 21-13 Titans here. So
0: I, I think I'm going to amend my prediction. I, I I think I think you're right. I think I, it's, I forgot about the Julio thing. Um, I think I'm going to amend it. I'm going to go like I'm going to say we score 24, and then I think I, I like I like that the 10 number. I think they they score a touchdown late, and I think that we we kind of we break their will defensively from their lack of like being able to to sustain offensive drives. I think Brett Kern's going to get sore. I think on, on Sunday a little bit, <laughs> but you know he's going to.
1: Hey, if if we pay him in the five yard line, just go ahead and write up a pick six because that's yeah.
0: Just go ahead and chalk it up. I don't think Trevor Simeon can do it. I just don't – I don't think he can. Anyway,
1: so we want to keep the pod fresh a little. Um, Everybody loves a good power ranking and a good list, and you either love it or you hate it. You get pissed off or you're not because your team's not where you think it should be or where it is or should be higher or lower. So, um, anyway, me and Ashley, we came up with the thought that we're going to give you our top five NFC teams, and then we're going to transition to our top five AFC teams. So, Moyla, um, we'll Asher start off with his top five NFC teams running for five to one. Go ahead, Ash.
0: All right. So, in the NFC, at number five, I've got the Dallas Cowboys. Um, they, I had them higher initially before Sunday, and then they got absolutely just curb stomped by, by the Broncos. They were down 30 to nothing at one point. They looked just terrible. Randy Gregory, I think, is out with a calf strain for a couple of weeks. He might get placed on a three-week IR. Um, number four, I've got the Rams. Um, again, they got hit in the mouth. They looked like they just they, – a deer in headlights against that front for the Titans. Um, then coming in at three, and this one, right, three and two were interchangeable for me right now because it depends on a certain amount of things. There are some variable variables going on into these, these two. Uh, number three, I've got the Packers um, with Jordan Love. At number three, last Sunday they looked horrible. It wasn't all his fault. There were some special team blunders. The number two, I got the Bucks with Tom Brady and that just Monstars squad from from, from Toon Squad. Um, but I think you can – train; those can be flip-flop for me if Aaron Rodgers is playing and, you know, that Devontae Adams connection. Then, number one, clear-cut favorite, I got the Cardinals. I mean, there's nothing more I can say about that. They've just been beating the hell out of everybody.
1: It's a good list. So, uh, see, that's how these power rankings work. We – we had pretty much – we had the same five teams. Mine's just in a different order. Um, here's my NFC top five. Uh, at five, I've got the Dallas Cowboys, the same as Asher. Um, I had them higher like you did too, but, man, I can't ignore a 30 to nothing beat down in the fourth quarter, and then you score 16 garbage points. Um, I know Dak was hurt and, and off an injury, but that's, that's a bad loss. I mean, I know the yeah. Titans lost the Jets, but losing that kind of way, it kind of shows the flaws in your roster. Yeah. At uh, number four, I've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, I I really like the Bucks. I mean, if this was in the playoffs, I'd probably have the Bucks at one here because you know, of course, they've got the goat and Tom Brady. And um, the only reason I got them so low is because they've got the two losses compared and um, to the other teams there. And uh, number three, I've got the Green Bay Packers. They're going to get Aaron Rodgers back this Sunday. Um, and you know, I kind of shook him up on that. I certainly should have went uh, Bucks three here, but. Uh, I like the Packers. Um, they've got some real playmakers. And um, and number two, I've got the the Rams still. I know this is going to be a lot of surprises to people, but with them adding Odell and um, uh, the Rams, they, they can run the football. And I think they went away from the run too much with the Titans. And Sean McVay got a little cute there, tried to throw the ball over the field against the Titans, and it didn't work out for them, obviously. And then number one, I've got the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, what can you say? This team has uh, just went and – beat the absolute breaks off the 49ers with a backup offense and um that's that's pretty scary you know they've already they already took it to us once so I know it was a different team then but um the Cardinals are scary now
0: but. yeah they're good they are good um let's uh, let's move on to the AFC now let's go so five five to one um, uh so number five uh, this this list was a lot harder for me to make than the NFC. Um, just just because the AFC is so unpredictable. Like I mean, the Broncos going to Dallas and building a 30 nothing lead in I mean and then 16 garbage points and you know, who would have who would have nobody would have expected that. But let's roll into it. At five, I've got the Raiders. Um, hmm. they are they they seem to have the, you know, the Patrick Ewing effect going on where they're without John Gruden. They have their assistant coach, they want to play harder for him um then at number 4 I've got the Chargers. What can I mean they've got a plethora of talent and Justin Herbert is a is the real deal. Then at 3 I've got Buffalo and you know that loss against Jacksonville was terrible. But again, this is why this list is harder. Who else am I going to put there at 3? <laughs> and then the Ravens at number 2. And let me take it they are a legitimately scary team. The fact that they're doing this with three running backs that weren't even on their roster Before the season started, uh, on their their depth chart listed on there is impressive. Lamar Jackson has shown leaps and bounds as a quarterback. Um, And then at number one, I mean, good lord, what what else can you say about our Tennessee Titans? They went through a Herculean trial of of games. They they beat they're six and zero against playoff teams from last year. And I think I mean, as we predicted, I think they're going to go seven and zero against playoff teams from last year. But yeah, they're they're clear cut number one to me in the AFC. Oh, that's a good list.
1: Um, that shows you the difference in the parity in the AFC and the NFC at this point. You got a lot of bottom feeders in the AFC compared to the top dogs. Um, my list is a lot different than yours. Well, not a whole lot, but you're be, I think you'd be surprised on the team. At uh, number five, I have the Buffalo Bills. Ooh. Yeah, uh, the Jaguars' loss is really concerning to me. The Bills can't protect Josh Allen and they can't run the football. So you're too dependent on a kind of um, a gunslinger in Josh Allen. And, um, you know, if the Jags – I know the, the Jags do have a, front, a good front seven. You know, I mean, they always do. This is kind of an AFC South thing. But that's a concern lost loss to me. And, you know, the loss of the Titans were the, the bad play call in there um, – you know, uh, that's just good. I got questions of the coaching staff too, but we're gonna go move to uh, to four, and this is another surprise for you probably. I've got the Patriots; they are balling right now. They've uh, they've well, I think it's they've won four of their last five, I believe, and they got a, a, a close loss to the Cowboys there, which the Cowboys was playing really good at the time. Um, and we've got them on the schedule here lately, and that kind of scares me a little bit, honestly. So I think that's a game we could very easily lose, right? And um, at number three. I've got the Cleveland Browns. They, oh I, man. I know that's I know that's a big shock, but on paper this team should be a Super Bowl caliber team. And I know they're going to go as far as Baker Mayfield brings them. Here's the thing. I think the Browns are a 10-time better team with uh without Odell Beckham Jr. And the stats that show it. Baker Mayfield is better without him. And the Browns are in general better without him. I think I think they play more free without Odell Beckham Jr. and the system works better. Okay, and then next we're gonna move to we have the same number two. We got the Baltimore Ravens. Um, if there is two teams in the NFL that I absolutely despise, hate, can't stand, hope to lose every game, it's the Baltimore Ravens and Indianapolis Colts. God, I hate that. I, I hate to put them here, but you have to give the Ravens respect here. A lot. I've always been a Lamar Jackson def- deflector. I, I never thought he was really a franchise quarterback. But this year, he's winning in a different way. You know, the Ravens aren't in a, uh, leading these games, and he's bringing them back. You know, he's put them on their back this year, and um, it's a really scary. Um, I don't want to see the Ravens or the Browns in the playoffs. I'm hoping the Browns get kind of ate up and don't make it because I know the Ravens are going to make the playoffs. But, uh the Ravens are a scary team, and number one, uh, we're talking two tone here. So what do you expect? Uh, it's, <laughs> it, it's the Tennessee Titans. You know, this this team's going to come in there, they're going to slap you around a little bit. You're not going to like it. They're going to, you know, take a dump on your quarterback's chest, and they're either <laughs> going to come out with the dub. You know, that's just what we do. We're, 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 you know, that's what we do in the two tone blue. So that, that's my list.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that was a really good list. Very different from mine. I, I didn't even have Buffalo or the Patriots in mind, to be honest with you. But I, I it's just – or not Buffalo, I mean Cleveland. But to be honest with you, uh, Cleveland, man, you brought up a really good point. They are a lot better without Odell than with him. He is a distraction. He's been a distraction his whole career. And one of my buddies texted something interesting earlier today. Shout out Cam Nash. Um, he said, what if Odell dropped that pass seven years ago? Me and Asher decided we wanted to play a little Titans
1: trivia here on the pod. And uh, maybe you answered, Maybe you can answer these questions, but don't Google it. You know, if when I ask the question, before I give the answer, give your honest opinion and say what you think. And uh, maybe you're right, maybe you're wrong. I'm not judging. These are going to be some pretty tough questions. I have no idea what Asher's asking. He has no idea what I'm asking. Um, <laughs> So, this is how it goes. You know, this is a podcast. I could go back and edit it, see what I was talking about, you know, but I'm not going to do that. Who, who knows, though, you know. <laughs> but anyway, um, here is my question for you, Asher Roddy. Who was the day one starter for the Tennessee Titans at quarterback in the 2011 season?
0: Um. Man, let me think, 2011, we still had Chris Johnson there, oh man, 2011, oh god, day one, I remember we signed Matt Hasselbeck, but I don't know if he was starting or not, I know we drafted Jake Walker that year, and I think we still had Rusty Smith on the roster, I'm gonna go Matt Hasselback because I think they were trying to mentor young Jake Locker at that time. Yes, sir.
1: You are correct. You, won. good job. Oh,
0: golly.
1: I wasn't was expecting that. He started the whole season that year. Um, Jake Locker had a, uh, a a year to sit, and Matt Hasselback was our starter that year. I, I believe we went uh, seven and nine or six and ten that year, something like that. Maybe nine. Well, it was Jeff Fisher, so it's probably nine
0: and seven actually. <laughs> Uh, Yeah, that was a that was a stumper. That was was kind of like that weird period of time to where, why did we draft Jake Walker if we're not going to play him? And then, you know, this is where I kind of grew into, I think, every rookie quarterback in the first round that's, you know, the franchise quarterback should sit a year. Yeah, look at Pat Mahomes.
1: But if you if but Matt Hasselbeck, I'm losing his name at that time. Um, I can't think of his name i got to give him credit. Matt Hasselbeck was a great bridge quarterback for Jake Locker. You know, if Jake Locker wouldn't have been, you know, injury prone as he was, kind of like Marcus Mariota, he may still be our starter at this time because um, he shows us there, man. He really did.
0: Yeah, he Um, did. He did. Um, uh, All right, so my question for you, Tyler, back to the 1998 draft, there were two wide receivers selected in the first round of that draft. One of them was drafted far sooner than he should have been drafted, and the other one was drafted far later than he should have been drafted. Who did the Tennessee Titans pick in that 1998 draft at wide receiver? And two, who was the wide receiver drafted, other wide receiver drafted in that draft class? Okay. The number, the
1: names that are popping up in my head here, um, was the receiver that should have been drafted, uh, drafted out of Marshall? He was. Okay, so it was Randy Moss. Yeah, so I figured that. And I'm trying to replace who was in that same draft class.
0: I can't remember. Uh, Is it Kevin Dyson? Kevin Dyson. He was picked at 16 in that draft. And then Randy Moss was picked at 21.
1: Yeah, big, big. But, you know, Randy Moss did play. (laughs) He did play like eight games for the Titans eventually. So,
0: (laughs) Um, (laughs) that was a bad trial there, wasn't it? Golly, Kevin Dyson, man, didn't even have a 1,000-yard receiving season in college. Randy Moss had, I think, 21 touchdowns in one season at Marshall and, like, 2,000 receiving yards. The writing was on the wall. The guy was a freak. It, they didn't draft him because of off-the-field shit, and I get that. But, damn it, why do you take Kevin Dyson over Randy Moss? Okay, so, but if you look at that, um, I'd like to know the metrics on Randy Moss compared
1: to Kevin Dyson. Is 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 Randy Moss – how much taller is he is how much longer is his arms because what if Randy Moss was there to catch that ball in 99 he could have probably caught it one handed lying down so so um, but randy moss been long enough
0: to stretch that extra yard. randy he, yeah randy moss would have scored he would you would, would have thrown a fade you would have even had to throw a slant route
1: so so look how history could have been changed if he would have just been the two-time blue
0: it would have been, yeah. Good lord, the guy ran a four two forty.
1: He did all that with Randall Cunningham and Dante Culpepper Pepper and Minnesota. I know him. Brad too.
0: Johnson can't forget Brad Johnson, lefty Brad Johnson, and he had Chris Carter there, which helped him a lot. But the, I mean, he just fought. I mean, leaps and back. Randy Moss to me. Is well, the we way had Derek Mason.
1: You know, Derek Mason would have been on the other side of him. You know, I mean, Derek Mason yeah. may be one of the most underrated and underappreciated Titans of all time. I agree. A thousand
0: yards every season he was with us. I agree. Imagine that duo, Randy Moss and, and you know, Derek Mason instead of Derek Mason and Kevin Dyson. <laughs> We've probably been Super Bowl champions that year. Yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. But look how trivia brings you.
1: I and mean, we get a little blast in the plaster on talking two-tone with us, guys. We're not just talking about this season. We're,
0: we're going to, you know, we're going to bring you back some, you know? Yeah. If, some of it's going to be good nostalgia and some of it's going to be, you know, pissed-off nostalgia, but <laughs> you're going to get something. Me and Asher, uh, we ha- you know we haven't
1: known each other very long. I guess we've known each other about a year now, right, Asher? Is that, is that
0: right? Yeah, yeah,
1: sounds about right. And um, the first thing we kind of, you know, we took off was talking um, on was playing Call of Duty, of course. Um, <laughs> talking Tennessee Titans, and um, where well, you're from, where we're from, you know, we're not from the, the greater Nashville area. We're from North Alabama, and Asher lives in down towards South Alabama now, but, um. We don't have a lot of diehard Titans fans around us, and um, it's it's challenging to talk to some people about Titans stuff when you know they're just they know who Ryan Tannehill is, AJ Brown is. They don't give a crap about Brian Borders being cut, you know. So uh, we want to we want to invite you because you might not have an Asher, you may not have a Tyler to talk to Titans football, you know. So we want to invite you to come on this podcast with us. I can send you a link here on our Anchor app. And um we, we want you to come on and talk with us. Come, join us for a segment. You know, we want to pick your brain. We wanna hear all the Titan stuff, you know. We we, we wanna see what I don't know, somebody from Montana, you know. Does, Does that not, even exist? Does Montana even exist? <laughs> there might be some Titans. And there might be one Titan fan in Montana. Hey, buddy, come, come on. on. Come on, come listen. Come come listen to us. Come on. Shoot me a text on our or not a text, but shoot us a message on our Twitter page and I'll let you Asher talk about that.
0: Uh, yeah, like, like Tyler said, we uh, we have a brand new Twitter page. Um, we're in the beginning stage of it, and uh, it's, it's called Talking Two-Tone. Uh, follow us on Twitter. We follow back. Um, we really, really want to reach in and dive deep into the Titans community, and we want to hear your thoughts on this team and this roller coaster of a season and this ride that we're going on. And, you know, a- as the pod gets progressively larger and larger, Um, we might be doing some giveaways, you know, we might be doing some crazy stuff like that. Um, but we really need some publicity going out there and, um, you know, if, if you can't make the podcast or if you can't listen to it, share it, tell your friends about it, scream it from the rooftops, you know, make flyers, go into your day job, talk to your clients, customers, moms, uncles, brothers, sisters. Ex wives, new wives, concubines, mistresses, whatever you want. Talk to him about it. Get the word out there. We're just two guys that love Tennessee Titans football.
1: Absolutely, and um, the touch base on the on the social media following is like he did say. It's talking Ton It's a Titans podcast. I've got in parentheses there. It's the big, the Fireball logo. Man, probably the worst logo in the NFL, but we love it. <laughs> we love it. You know, and then um. We're gonna, uh, we're I'm gonna make a Facebook page as well, and we're gonna join some groups, and Titan group, and I'm gonna be sharing the pod on there. And I really, 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 really hope you guys like and follow it. And I really want you guys to come in, and listen to it with us. We're gonna have guests. Um, I've already got a f- few fans that want to come on with us. We're gonna, we're gonna talk to them too. Um, and we're really excited to do this, man. Uh, me and Asher, we've been, we've been talking about this now three days nonstop, and it's <laughs> kind of surreal that we're actually doing it. And um. I've been wanting to do this a long time, you know. Uh, I, if I'm passionate about one thing or two things, it's sports, and you know, the Tennessee Titans are my favorite sports team. Um, and uh, we're really excited, and we want you guys to join. So um, make sure you smash that like button and that follow button. I do want to sound like a a douchebag YouTuber, but I want you to do it. You know, so do it, do it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're gonna we're gonna close it out with a good old tighten up, tighten up, baby,
0: tighten up.